Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for May 16th, 2021, the seventh Sunday of Easter in year B. And we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. And Bruce, how are you feeling this fine day? I am doing fine this good day. <laughs> Done. Check. Cle- <laughs> clever wordplay, eh? Uh-huh. Yes. The banter on this show. <laughs> as long Amazing. as we exceed one syllable, we can keep up. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 So um, this is um, this is our last Sunday of East. East. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think technically, as as I'm looking at the lectionary list. Technically, they have the day of Pentecost as part of the Easter season, but I kind of feel like it's a day unto itself. Is yeah. that fair? Is that is that about? That is very fair. Okay. It, and if you had said the opposite, I would have said the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it, it, I like these. I like these situations where I'm right either way. This this is yeah, yeah. Boy, more of these, more of this, please. Yes, that's you that's would fantastic. not have to take any steroids to win this race. <laughs> You're a winner. <laughs> number one or number two, and they are both right. Um, yeah. So, uh, but it's yeah. It's great being Episcopalian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who's to say what is right and what is wrong? Um, well, it, I mean, we're not saying, oh, it's going to be Christmas. It's right. Easter. Yeah, that makes sense. But there's also an argument that it's a standalone feast day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it does feel as though... Um, it doesn't feel as though Easter clearly does not culminate in Pentecost because the season of Easter really does, you know, kind of start off with a bang and then we kind of make sense of things as we go along to the day of Pentecost. And obviously the season after Pentecost, I mean, it's called that directly so it would be weird. It'd be weird if Pentecost was a part of that season because it's, called such but uh um so it does it does feel as though it stands alone uh, but i'm sure other people uh would be uh, more than happy to disagree with me on that on that opinion and i'm sure there have been many many people who have <laughs> right 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 so uh so yeah um it, it, i've been and let's not blow our material about pentecost today <laughs> oh no please let's not let's not um <laughs> Uh, uh, but, uh, let's, uh, let's also, uh, I've been doing this past couple of weeks. Let's talk at the top of, uh, the show, what all we have going on at the church. Uh, uh, we have obviously still in person, uh, church services, uh, and online live broadcast of the 10 a.m. service. Yeah. So worship at eight and 10 in the church with yeah. overflow into the parish hall. Yeah, and uh, knock on wood, uh, YouTube has been behaving these past two weeks, so we're very happy to see that. Um, the live stream, yeah. yeah. And, and it records it, so it's also on demand. Yes, yes, I have been recording. Uh, the, the, fun, the funny side uh, note to that is, for whatever, for whatever reason, our in-camera um, system setup, uh, the, the new camera that we got is like crazy high definition. Uh, so uh, this last week I did a comparative analysis of what it, what the size is of the church service when we record on the broadcasting laptop compared to 
the built-in network um, uh, there at the church. And the high-definition re- recording was, I think this week, 90-some gigabytes of data. <laughs> and That's the a la- few DVDs. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's quite a few DVDs. And the, uh, and the, uh, um, uh, the, the laptop was like one, one gigabyte. So, um, but that process uh, works. Uh, so that, uh, all of that to say, um, should we ever have YouTube problems again, uh, we do have that uh, backup system working, confirmed, in place, uh, so just give me a minute after the church service and we'll have the correct thing uploaded. Uh, so that'll be, that'll be nice. Yeah. So um, what else we got going on? We, we had a book, a, a, a book study that's, that just started. Is that correct? Or is it just yep. starting? Well, it's, it's a book group that's been meeting. Well, since before the pandemic, pandem- COVID started, um, <laughs> See, too many syllables. And so it's a group that's been around for a while, but ha- but bring you know, welcomes new people to be part of it. And I am blanking right now on the name of the book that they're just started. And we'll have a few weeks to read, and then they'll meet on Zoom for the discussion. But you can go to holyfamilyfishers.org and look up the book title and author. I, that's, I was going to do that. I was going to try to do that real quick. Uh, so while that, while you do that, let me see if I can find uh, uh, this. But can you, what else do we have that is going on while I can try to find it? <laughs> see, you're not supposed to tell them that. <laughs> you're supposed to fake it. Okay. The, the big deal. Um, oh, that's right. We have a big deal coming up here. Uh, for the coming, yeah, is that. On the eve of Pentecost, uh, which is a, a week from this coming Saturday, it will have an outdoor Eucharist at the outdoor chapel on the um, grounds of Holy Family and at 5 o'clock. And following that, uh, a shared, well, a non-shared picnic where we'll be sitting in proximity of one another, but everyone has to bring their own food and beverages. Uh, but it will all be outdoors so that it is... Uh, quite a bit safer than other ways of socializing, and uh, we'll be able to you know, move around groups and all that once we stop eating. And it really should be a great time. That's a that's not this weekend, but next. Right. Correct. Okay. And um, we'll still have the ten o'clock service live streamed mm-hmm. the next day, and in person we won't have the eight o'clock since the eight o'clock folks almost certainly will be at the service the night before mm-hmm. and so there wouldn't be anyone in church at eight <laughs> except me uh you know what a church service and i've already for heard the sermon <laughs> and boy is it awful no um uh I, I i did find it by the way the book uh that the world book club is reading is my brilliant friend a novel um yeah. so that's a uh that's it Napolitan Novels Book One by Ellen Ferrante. Um, yeah, so. it gets great reviews, and the um, person who recommended it to the book group uh, just says it's fantastic. So awesome! Yeah. Um, uh, I, I believe... intentionally read novels to uh, so it's not heavy duty, mm-hmm. but it's full of content and brings out lots of great discussion. Awesome. Uh, and I believe also this Sunday, so uh, the, the 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 one that this podcast is for, is uh, our graduate Sunday. So we're also yeah, for high school graduates. 
High school, uh, I don't think we have any, uh, do we have any college graduates this year? I have so lost track of time, and well, everybody who's younger than me is not allowed to age anyways, so it's always <laughs> weird when they do. Um, when um, I am told, um, you know, I've been at Holy Family three years, and when I asked, you know, why don't we do high school graduates, apparently there was some um, embarrassment about which ones were finishing in four years and which ones were taking longer. Oh. Um, and so that's why that's not part of the annual recognition. Certainly if uh, someone wanted recognition for their accomplishments, they could uh, they could participate, I would assume. Oh, yeah. For yeah. sure, right? Um, Just let us know you're coming so that right? we have the right prayer ready. Um, I'm graduating fifth grade finally, uh, this year. So I would <laughs> yes, like to submit <laughs> your, your citizenship marks were not high enough <laughs> to allow for public recognition. <laughs> Very. All right. Fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, so, but yeah, uh, uh, looking forward to that. Not actually, uh, to be completely candid with you, uh, I'm looking forward to acknowledging, uh, these individuals achievements. I, don't like graduation Sunday. Uh, every year, it's a re- constant reminder of how uh, grown up everybody ha- has yeah. become, and how I'm less likely to see the individual who's graduating. <laughs> um, uh, it's it's super it's super sad because that person is you know, and oftentimes they're going off to college, uh, they're launching, yeah, s- yeah, somewhere else, and, uh, and and getting their start and. Uh, it, I, I only get to see them periodically when they get a chance to come back. And it's a, yeah. uh, a, a source of sadness for me. So it's bittersweet. Uh, uh, but, uh, but it's, that's, it's a hard, it's a hard day for me, especially some of these mm-hmm. uh, kids at this point that I have seen go from yay high to graduating uh, is, is, is a, uh, um, it pulls at the heartstrings. It does. It really does. So, um, so if I'm if I'm uh, if, if I'm not overly joyous on Sunday, I apologize. It's not you. It's me. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If if the video video of the service is streaked with tears, you'll know. Why. Yes, you'll know exactly why. Uh, it's because uh, Ruth was sitting next to me. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> inside joke. Um, all right. So uh, let's. <laughs> Uh, let's move on and do our person of the day. Um, and I think I've learned that uh, to be fair to you, because of all the eons of time, I should give a date range uh, with That's this person. Real, that so really I, is helpful. I'm yeah. going to start doing that up top. So <clears throat> 1820 to 1885, John Freeman Young. Hmm. I am drawing a utter blank yet again. Okay, because sometimes I pick people because I'm kind of curious how widespread their story is, and mm-hmm. and and uh, John Freeman Young's story reads to me as though he might not be very well known, but I was very much drawn to 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 point right. out his story because of how much he got around the United States and the different things that he did. I mean, this, this guy was all over the place. So let me read uh, his, uh, his uh, short paragraph uh, biography here on the dictionary um, to, to draw some attention to, to uh, Mr. Young. 
teacher of liturgics and, and church music and bishop of Florida. He was born in Pittston, Maine, attended Wesleyan University in Middleton, Connecticut, graduated from the Virginia Theological Seminary in 1845, ordained as a deacon later that year, priest the year after. Um, he began his ministry as rector of St. John's Church in Jacksonville, Florida. That wow. same year, he moved to Texas, where he was a missionary to Brazoria County. Then he did missionary work in Livingston, Mississippi. In 1852, he moved to Napoleonville, Louisiana, where he was rector of Assumption Parish. In 1860, he became the assistant rector at Trinity Church in New York City. He was got out of the South before the Civil War started. Got out of the South before the Civil War started, yeah. Um, he was secretary of the Russo-Greek community of the General Convention. I'm going to pretend like I know what that is. Um, <laughs> in 1864, he edited the papers of that committee, which encouraged intercommunion of the Eastern, English, and American churches. Young was consecrated the second bishop of Florida in 1867 and served in that position until his death. In 1882 and 83, uh, the Department of Liturgics and Ecclesiastical Music was added to the School of Theology, University of the South, and Young was named lecturer in that department. He served there as lecturer as well until his death. Uh, among, among his publications were papers on liturgical enrichment and great hymns of the church, and Young died in New York. Um, so, like... This man, you want to talk about service? This man yeah. served uh, and served in multiple facets in multiple areas to multiple people. Um, uh, and I was just as I read that, it was just it was one of those that you know we give a lot of attention to the martyrs and mm -hmm. to um, you know the the, the uh, individuals who do great transformations of the the entire church, and they get all the they, they get all the attention and. This man, John Freeman Young, was a workhorse uh, to to the uh, to the church. It seems, uh, and and we don't get to draw enough attention to individuals yeah, like him. Yeah, you know, he 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 lived sort of a in a sense a, a everyday life, but filled it with service. Yeah, yeah. So um, I found that very interesting. How the different number of hats, because uh, yeah, um, which particularly particularly at that time it was not all that common. Oh really? How so? Um, well, mostly like because you just, just get into a track and you move. As on a that society, track. we weren't that mobile, and well, that's, yeah, that's so a good point. Once you settled in a in any profession, once you settled in one area, you might have one major move, maybe two. Uh, but just the dynamics of human community meant that you weren't going to travel multiple and work in multiple states like he did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he. Uh, um, what what did did the name of this committee at uh, at the general convention mean anything to you? The Russo Greek Committee. Yeah. Okay. What is, what is <laughs> <Actually>. that? <laughs> What um, explain this? Because uh, I know the Russo brothers from Marvel movies, but I have no idea what. <laughs> Is, I assume that's not this, uh, considering the timeline. Um, I, I was just about to start off on a whole 
completely made up rift on how comic book makers turn to church saints to find the names of their characters. Um, okay, it refers to... That would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> maybe even Fantastic Four. Maybe. Um, it, it, the, it was a committee that was advocating for a intercommunion agreement with the Russian Orthodox and Eastern Orthodox. Oh, okay, the Russian Orthodox. Okay, okay. Yeah. And and they were successful. Nice. Okay. Okay. And it was I believe that what anyone would describe as the first major ecumenical agreement that the Episcopal Church reached. Wow. So he was the he was the secretary for that group. Yeah. Interesting. And back then the secretary had a lot of responsibility since you know there there wasn't an email trail to figure out what you were talking about or yeah that basically means he was the voice of yeah uh, of that because it, it indicates that he edited the paper so i'm assuming that's this those secretary's job was to refine all those notes into and the actual uh, uh proposed document right that then would you know go to the house of bishops and they'd have to debate it and all that yeah so it's a he he had a carried a heavy amount of the load on that. And it also wow. shows you the beginnings of the what we now call the liturgical movement that really started to bear fruit in the <clears throat> late, or I'm sorry, right around World War II, mm -hmm. where the Episcopal Church became more Eucharistically centered. Okay. And that agreement with the Eastern Orthodox, which is already, which at that time and always have been very Eucharistically centered, uh, helped really kickstart that whole shift in how we worshiped away from morning prayer and towards the Eucharist each Sunday. Gotcha. Gotcha. So anyways, yeah, that's, uh, that's yeah, so it was John good Freeman Young. Uh, and, and I, I, it's interesting to me, that you pointed out, I, I didn't even put two and two together that he moved to New York City right before the mm -hmm. Civil War. Um, I thoroughly doubt that was an accident. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, it, he got out of there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it is interesting. So yeah, seven then seven years later, um, uh, when did the Civil War officially officially end? I'm trying to remember. Eighteen sixty-five, I believe. Sixty-five. Okay, so yeah, and just so obviously still had uh, an affinity for uh, service down there because uh, just uh, two years after the war ends, he becomes the bishop of Florida. Um, mm -hmm. So heads back down. Um, um, Which at that time, if there was you know, Florida was pretty much a backwater, so right. it was a, uh, again an act of service to agree to be bishop there. Hmm. Especially leaving New York City to do it. Yeah, there would be those who would say that it's still a little bit of a backwater. <laughs> and, in, and in New York City, he was serving the most prominent Episcopal Church in the United States. I was going to, yeah, I was going to ask about that. I, that. That seems as though that's, that's uh, there are a few more prominent churches in the... Uh, yeah, uh, to this uh, day, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so. Trinity Wall Street. As it's now called Trinity Wall Street um, because, well, we we could spend hours talking about the interesting history of Trinity, New York City, but we won't. <laughs> oh, oh, but but I kind of want to now. <laughs> <laughs> Come to church and ask me, and I'll tell you all about it. 
<laughs> Gather round, friends. Um, all right. Well, very good. So that was our uh, person of the day, John Freeman Young. Uh, be interesting to see uh, um, a little bit more, actually, also about his uh, his thoughts on um, liturgics and church music. Uh, uh, so mm-hmm. pub- his publications, I'm sure, can be found here. Oh, they're listed, actually. Uh, papers on <laughs> liturgical enrichment and great hymns of the church. Uh, uh, so... Uh, cool. Feel free to look those up and and uh, learn a little bit more uh, from from the man himself. Uh, let's move over to our first reading of the day, Acts chapter one verses fifteen through seventeen and twenty one through twenty six. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers. Together, the crowd numbered about one hundred twenty persons, and said. Friends, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit through David foretold concerning Judas, who became a guide for those who arrested Jesus, for he was numbered among us and was allotted his share in the ministry. So one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us, one of these must become a witness with us to his resurrection. So the proposed two, Joseph, called Barsabbas, who was also known as Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which one of these two you have chosen to take the place in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go his own place. And they cast lots for them, and the lot fell on Matthias, and he was added to the eleven apostles. Um... So this is an interesting, um, uh, this is an interesting <laughs> snippet from from Acts because uh, not really. This this more feels like a uh, us peeking into the window of a um, um, church board meeting. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of interesting. <laughs> I've never heard that description, but I understand what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of interesting. Um, um, it, it's also interesting that to 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 realize, like, oh yeah, to, to so to become one of the apostles, um, they roll. They, they almost literally rolled dice, uh, and yeah, uh, right, they did. Uh, the 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 lot fell on Matthias. Um, this story, uh, tell me a little bit more about it and maybe why it's included in our readings today, because it's not, uh, obviously we haven't read either the two, uh, other readings, but, um, could it possibly correlate to this story? This seems a little on its own, doesn't it? It kind of is. It has, I think it has more to do with the wrapping up of the Easter season and the, Therefore, the launching of Christianity as a growing movement. So a big part of that was how do you make the 12 whole again after mm-hmm. Judas's death? And here we have a description of it. And the casting of lots was used, I believe, at least three times in the Hebrew scriptures to try to figure out what God wanted in a given situation. Uh, so it, this, so biblically, it had a precedent and was... Mm. Pretty common, actually, in Greco-Roman society as to how do you try to figure out what the gods want. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it strikes me, though, that it, 
why why the need to replace Judas? Uh, it, and and I mean, is it nowhere in the gospel readings do I recall the story of like oh and you know and the number of, in his ministry shall be twelve and twelve right. shall be the number and and you know. <laughs> Uh, not thirteen, not one less. Not, not thirteen. <laughs> Fourteen is right out. Um, but um, Monty Python reference copyright. Yes, right, 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 right. No, we changed. I think we changed enough of it to make it all okay. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, but the the long and short of it is, like, I, I don't recall there being like this 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 necessary structure. And then it strikes me: uh, is this representative of the twelve tribes? Is that yes. why there's twelve? Okay. <clears throat> well, I sh- I said yes quickly yeah, because that's a scholarly consensus. I guess is a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. But it's only because there's twelve there and there's twelve over there. You know, it, yeah, but there's nowhere does it say because there were twelve, there shall be twelve. Right, and 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 it, I, I realize though that the, you know it's not that would have to be only representative in nature, not truly representative of the 12 tribes. Because as you go through the story of how the apostles became apostles, like some of them were brothers. Uh, so it's right. like, it's like, okay, well clearly yeah, you don't represent both, you know, this tribe and then this tribe, because you're not from these different tribes. Uh, very true. Um, well, and, and 12 is one of the holy numbers of the Bible. Okay. So it could also it could also be just that. that yeah, okay, okay. There's a holiness to it, but yeah, we don't really know. There again, lots of presumptions. That's the twelve tribes of Israel, but you know, it it would be interesting. That's one of those things that would be interesting to get in the time machine and watch Jesus call each of the twelve, and and see if one could discern from that why Jesus was choosing 12 mm-hmm. and why these individuals, I mean, was there, I mean, nowadays there's all sorts of, gosh, there are bazillions of books written about how should you form boards and committees and things like that for most effective work and uh, right. creativity and all that. So you know, was, was he using a divine manual as to what the best working size group for a, for leadership that can only travel by foot and boat, you know, <laughs> we don't know. Right. Um, right. So I don't want to presume too much about what the significance of the 12 was, but obviously it was important to the original remaining 11 that they felt that they were not complete without the 12th. Hmm. I would not want to be that guy though, to replace Judas. No. <laughs> you know, you well, know, and, we we literally know nothing more about Matthias from than beyond this verse. Huh. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. They're, they're great legends. The um, last parish I served in California was a St. Matthias. And hmm. so I had to learn all sorts of um, folklore and stuff about him for the feast days. But, you know, it was more like reading early Christian comic books than hmm. history. <laughs> Right, bizarre adventures that he supposedly had. Do do we know anything more about Justice, uh, no. the, the man who was not called? Okay, nope. Yeah, they okay. they both only appear in this one verse. Hmm. 
that's very interesting that it's like a, a, you know the the writer takes time like I want to let you know that Judas was replaced by Matthias and we shall not speak of it again. Yeah. <laughs> we already know all the other 11 and their exploits are well documented. Uh, this role has been filled. Uh, thank you, Matthias. Sit down. Be quiet. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't and within the book of Acts. Um, James, the brother of John, that apostle was executed by um, Herod, King Herod. And they they did not replace him. So it may be a, oh, yeah, I guess this is going to keep happening. So <laughs> I would imagine the next meeting that would have been documented in Acts was it went a little differently. Like, who would like to replace our dear yeah. brother? And like, no, thanks. I'm good. <laughs> I will serve the ministry, but not in this role. Yeah. You, Thank you, you very much. Jesus. Oh, no, no. I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have any motions from the floor? Hearing none. <laughs> and the number they, they shall be counted shall be 11. <laughs> and 11 shall be the number. So um, I, I, I think in part it was trying to, it was healing the community from that great betrayal of Judas's. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that, that seems, that seems interesting. I, I, I just, I'm, I'm very much struck by, I'm trying to figure out why the author would be, um, including the story other than to, to indicate that like, I mean, this is very early on in Acts, obviously chapter one, only yeah. a few verses precede it. Um, so I suppose it does show, um, a sense of unity for the, for the ministry and the community and showing that they, uh, we're we're moving forward, but the rest of the writing in Acts also shows that. Uh, so, um, just trying to trying to get myself in the writer's head as to like this definitely definitely want to include this and just the reason why. Um, well, and one one thing some some folks have speculated is that it it gives a justification for an institutional church in a good way hmm. that the apostles felt that part of the ministry was going to have responsible leadership hmm. and I gotcha. enough people active to have effective ministry that it, you know, it wasn't going to be a shaker movement where once the last one dies, it turns into a museum. Right, right, right. And, and I guess I, I, I do suppose um, the writing of Acts uh, was done after the fact, right? This, this is yeah. a book that seems to have been put together as the events unfold. So, yeah, it's not an Instagram check-in. <laughs> right. So so it would be, it, this would also be serving the purpose of like, look, the, 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 uh, later on in the book, you'll find that, uh, or later on, in the, do we, we consider this a book, not a letter. Yeah. Uh, yeah later on in the book, book you'll find uh, that, Forces are set against us to eliminate our number. Here, I'm going to set the path straight that, you know, no matter what happens, this will live on. You know, our, our numbers yeah. get replaced. Even if, we are as you to pointed out. ourselves, yeah. Right. Even if, even, even though, as you pointed out, there is a story later on where they don't replace them. But I, I would imagine that the, <laughs> the author is like, we're just not going to. I'm not going to point necessarily point that out. Um, <laughs> but, but, but he left it in. Right, right. Left it in. 
and again, part of the great ambiguity of Christianity at times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, there's a, there is a, a, a lot of interesting things going on here uh, for, for those who enjoy watching or reading uh, the inner workings of a, <laughs> of, of a, a church organization. Um, well, and there's one more thing here about along those lines, and that's their definition of apostle. Mm-hmm. Paul cannot fulfill that definition. Oh, interesting. And Paul's Paul's self description of himself as an apostle almost certainly well, yeah, it did predate. I mean, his letters describing himself that way predate the writing down of the Book of Acts. So there we we see at the very least a shadow, if not still an active salvo in the mm-hmm. argument about whether Paul should be counted as with with the status with the high respect of an apostle hmm. okay. Acts says no interesting yeah and that's interesting well let's move on to a reading from the uh first letter of john chapter 5 verse 9 through 13 if we receive human testimony the testimony of god is greater For this is the testimony of God that he has testified to his Son. Those who believe in the Son of God have the testimony in their hearts. Those who do not believe in God have made him a liar by not believing in the testimony that God has given concerning his Son. And this is the testimony. God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. Um, Very much language that uh, invokes imagery of uh, eternal life in heaven Mm -hmm. uh, and that that concept. But I think as we discussed on the podcast several times, uh, heaven and hell were really more an after-the-fact kind of... um, uh, maybe not concept, but the 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 the, the imagery came f- uh, into focus uh, far after you know, right. after writings here. So, give us a little bit about what what are we what are we seeing here as far as like when he refers to when, when the author refers to eternal life uh, through the Son of God. What's what are, what is he meaning at that point? What well, I've talked about a number of times reading through this first letter of John over the podcast is that part a major part of the concept within both the gospel and the letters of John is that eternal life exists now and we are participating in it and living in it now mm-hmm. and it continues after our bodily deaths okay so this isn't a pie in the sky you'll get there someday theology of eternal life it's instead a right now you are living eternal life and unfortunately most humans do not acknowledge that or even have a sense that that's a possibility so for the community of john one of their major uh, thrusts of sharing theology and spirituality is right now you are living eternal life hmm. uh, for goodness sakes act like it be happy in it yeah. Yeah, it, I I think 
as I as I said, like I think uh, we very much we read those words and almost like our brain reinterprets them. Yeah. Um, that that we have a tendency to just be like, oh, you know, God gave us heaven. Not like, mm-hmm. no, that's that's not what he <laughs> that's not what he's saying here, actually. Um, um, and uh, and so th- it really does, though, show that how much of a game changer um, uh, Jesus' sacrifice was for this community. Um, um, that this is the doorway by which uh, these concepts were born. I mean, the the I, I don't know as if prior to there's any t- real talk about eternal life. Like this wasn't really well, think anything I remember in the Old Testament, really. There, it's there. Okay. Um, Christians tend to overlook it because different vocabulary will be used and. For I'll be blunt. For Christians that were anti-Semitic, it did not further their own cause to point to passages that refer to eternal life. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jesus Himself quotes what we call the Old Testament uh, to prove that there is eternal life. So by the time Jesus walked the earth, the majority of Judaism believed in heaven and hmm. believed in eternal life very little sense of um anything like hell if any sense of it there was the, the quick summary is that there was the place of joy and glory and there was the place of nothingness hmm. and it was not a place of torment it was just nothingness which actually sounds pretty horrible to me um yeah <laughs> so john um, fleshed out the concept of eternal life and again in a way that never contradicts what Jesus talks about, teaches um, about it being right now and that death mm-hmm. is not a great divide but rather is a continuation of existence that we have now uh, and so there's no, no reason to wait until death to see ourselves as heavenly creatures. Gotcha. Um, and that that also was a part of Jewish mysticism already. Um, it, it there's lots of interesting work on how Eastern, as in Asia, that seems to be uh, at the time of Jesus, and whether or not Christianity was. Um, Influenced by Buddhism, for instance, hmm. mm-hmm. um, and so so yeah, it's the ancient world was a lot more mystical than modern Western wor- world is, hmm. and so it, it wasn't a stretch at all to introduce these concepts from John uh, to a world that was like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Um, hmm. Most often, though, a lot of us say, "Well, but I think Jesus was a crackpot, so I'm not going to join with you guys." And so that—that's why there's this just, just. That's why it says both. (laughs) (laughs) Those those who um, believe in the testimony about Jesus and those who don't. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. 
that the, the concept of life eternal starting now was not what was being argued. It's just whether Jesus was the entry to that. Hmm. Hmm. That's, uh, that's interesting that it wasn't, that the first part wasn't so much debate. Yeah. It was the second. That's interesting. Yeah. Because um, Greek philosophy had all sorts of, um, speculation about it and therefore Roman philosophy and yeah, world religions at that point all over the place had lots of speculation about mystical union with the gods right now and having a taste of the heavenly banquet, to use the Christian term. There would be various other terms used in other religions. So it, it, in a sense, it entered a conversation that was already going on. The Christians did. We didn't, we didn't start it. We didn't start the fire. Right. It was always burning since the world's been turning. Gotcha. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um, anything else about this uh, passage? I mean, I do feel as though it's a little, it's fairly straightforward. Yeah. And it's a summary of, it's the, among the closing verses for the oh, okay. so this is, letter. So he's summarizing what we've been talking about in terms of this letter over the last few weeks and also what we've experienced in the Gospel of John. So, yeah, it's, it's gotcha. a lot of familiar concepts in a very well done summary. This is, It's very succinct and um, just a, a beautiful piece of writing. Very good. Um, well, then let's move on to the Gospel reading today. John chapter 17, verses 6 through 19. I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words that you gave to me, I have given them. I have given to them, and they have received them, and know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I am asking on their behalf. I am not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me, because they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them in your name that you have given me. I guarded them, and not one of them was lost except the one destined to be lost, so that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and I speak these things in the world so that they may have my joy made complete in themselves. I have given them your word, and the word has hated them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I am not asking you to take them out of the world, but I ask you to protect them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth, as you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, so that they also may be sanctified in truth. Um, give us some background about what's going on here uh, uh jesus is the one speaking right but, praying to god okay yeah it, it sounded like it sounded like a prayer um um but uh uh what all what else uh, 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 happening here is this is this uh where, where are we in the story 
We're just before the arrest of Jesus. Okay. Okay. So this is like the like prayer at Gethsemane or? Ah, I kind of set you up for that. Uh, <laughs> in Gospel of John, where Jesus is in control of everything, there is no let this cup pass from me prayer. Mm-hmm. And so in this, in this spot where in the other three Gospels, there is that time of prayer with Jesus talking to God very frankly about, may this cup pass for me, and the apostles that are gathered falling asleep. Instead, John has this lengthy prayer for the disciples who are awake for it. Um, it's immediately, it's after Jesus has washed their feet and before that, just by reference, had the Last Supper. It's not described as in the other three Gospels. Mm-hmm. Um, and he prays for the apostles as they're wide-eyed and, and very aware of what his prayer is. <clears throat> and then they go to the Garden of Gethsemane and he's immediately arrested. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess I guess in a way, uh, it, we don't... In just reading it, I, I guess I did not get the immediate feeling that this was for the disciples specifically. Because um, it does kind of read, you could kind of read that this was more, you know, kind of a wider group of people. Yeah. Um, um, and and guess, yeah, and John always is pointing towards that. Okay. And, and yeah, now as I'm, I, I'm looking at further... Um, or I, I should say more modern translations where they enter in all the little subsections to kind of give you an idea of like, mm-hmm. this is what's going on. A um, little cheap so, spot. <laughs> yeah. 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 The uh, uh, Bible for dummies, uh, 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 portion. Um, uh, this is the, th- this whole section is, uh, Jesus prays for his disciples. And then the next section is Jesus prays for all believers. Um, so that's kind of interesting that they've the, the, the lectionary uh, um, interpreters have identified this section as just belonging to uh, a prayer for the disciples. Well, there is disagreement about that. <laughs> just so you There's know. disagreement in the church about things. What? About, and about the Bible? <laughs> How could this be? Um, that that there are many translators of the gospel of john who feel that since there's no grammatical break that the the prayer continues and is equally for disciples and Mm -hmm. Mm non-disciples and that it was a later it was basically an interpretation by the people in power to say yeah this is for the big wigs and this is for the rest of you little guys gotcha Okay, I got gotcha. you. Um, what? So what about? I mean, this is a. Um, I have to admit, some of this is is so um, interwoven. This language is so interwoven. Uh, I, I forgot that I was reading from the Gospel of John and assume, and, and felt uh, uh, Paul in a lot of yeah. this. Um, but um, I'm trying to. Th- None of what I'm reading here is it stands out to me as like a, one of those uh, um, cases where it's like a, an, an earth-shattering 
uh, inverse counterintuitive uh, statement, which you do find a lot in, in uh, a lot of the different gospel uh, uh, writings when he's talking or addressing. Yeah, when he's trying to blow their minds. Like some sort of, right, some sort of concept that turns things on its ear. Um, well, nothing about that stands out to me, but maybe it's just maybe I'm maybe I got lost in the words. Like, uh, like is there what is there anything? There are too many words. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Ben is simple man. Uh, <laughs> uh, meat and potatoes and no eggs. Right, right. Keep it, keep it simple. Keep um, it simple. Chapter seventeen, verse sixteen. Uh, Jesus praying. They do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. Mm, okay. That one to some folks is like, what? Um, even today. And there's there's a worry by some folks that that implies that Christianity could be a navel-gazing spiritual activity that never interacts with anything outside one's own mind. Mm. Um, but in, But really what Jesus is trying to say here is... The world cannot buy me. Please protect mm. all the people that are following from selling out. Gotcha. And, okay. and I don't mean this at all humorously. And obviously that prayer has not worked. That you just have to look at the various ways in which Christianity has abused its power and prestige and money. And you know that nope, we, we sold out again. Uh, so it's mm -hmm. it's a it's a very um, almost tragic prayer. And if you know if God yeah. if God's self in the form of Jesus can't keep us from doing that, well, it really does fall on us. Mm -hmm. We we know we know from this prayer that God does not want us to sell out, and yet we do. That shows that it's our free will that's the issue, not God's direction being vague. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, that, so, all right. Yeah, I guess I, I did kind of gloss over that one a, a little bit. Um, because that would, that would that even now, just rereading re that is kind of like, okay, yeah, that's definitely different. Because um, one would have you know what one does automatically think of themselves as part of the world um and easily understands half of that statement of like oh yeah you know, jesus doesn't belong to the world he's above all that um um makes sense total totally makes sense uh us not belonging to the world is kind of like whoa wait a minute <laughs> <laughs> well and but you know gospel of john is very strong on jesus being fully human, even as Jesus is fully divine. Mm -hmm. So this is definitely playing with, I mean, in a sense, this passage is, is supposed to be blowing the minds of people who feel like they've learned that theology from the first chapter of John. And here, approaching the end of John, Jesus is saying something different. And then when you see him arrested, tortured, and killed, it's like, oh, okay, he didn't, he did not use his supernatural abilities to save himself. 
or to set mm -hmm. up a worldly mm -hmm. kingdom because he doesn't have the same um, desires as a typical human would for personal power, right. prestige, riches, whatever it might be. And that that's, that's the model we're supposed to follow. Hmm. Um, it also does kind of strike me as though um, the, the timing of this prayer, um, I, I, you know, this is prior to the Great Commission, uh, as, we, as we, we call it. Well, this is the closest he gets to a Great Commission. I was just gonna say this kind of uh this kind of is like in John, uh, in, John. Yeah. in John in John um this is if you if you put it in in uh the terms of of, of or in, in the order of which of occurrences it kind of seems as though as you pointed out the disciples are awake they hear all this but because they haven't had the crucifixion and resurrection yet maybe all this stuff needs to be repeated later <laughs> <laughs> and they're like. You know, like uh, I, I can imagine Jesus sitting there uh, praying with like one eye open as he looks at him and like, are you, are you, are you, you going to take notes or you, you following all of this? Uh, you there know, will I, be a quiz. Right, right. Going to send you out and into the world. And yes. Yes. I'm not seeing any nodding of heads. Are we... <laughs> All right, we'll circle back on this later. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, but but it does kind of make me wonder it, it, how how the author of the Gospel of John uh, then uh, maybe interprets those uh, th th that that occurrence of like, hey, yeah, this this feels as though this is very great, uh, you know, uh, the Great Commissioning. Yeah, uh, so scholars seriously think that this this takes the place of Great Commission type scenes. In the mm -hmm. other gospels, yeah, it's, I mean, and it in, certainly in does. many ways, it's much more explicit. It's not just go, you know, see, see you when you're back. It right gives them spiritual direction and um, a sense of the the grand purpose that they're about to embrace. Uh, so mm -hmm. it's it's kind of sad that it's been left behind, and because. It's the other ones are easier in the other gospels. Those are the ones that are emphasized. Hmm. hmm. Yeah. Um, anything else about this passage here? Um, just people as they read this should know that the truth that is talked about here is Jesus. It's not. Oh, okay. It's not a creedal statement. It's not a particular form of belief. It's instead, Jesus is the truth. He, he mm. describes himself that way repeatedly in the Gospel of John. The other thing, very quickly, is that what's translated as uh, protect them from the evil one in verse 15. And mm -hmm. so you know, Christians say, hey, we get to mention Satan again. Hooray! Um, in Greek, it actually is protect them from evil. Okay, gotcha. Another one of those uh, uh, um, interestingly beneficial translations uh, yeah. uh, to a specific narrative. Right, right. Hmm. Hmm. We're the best. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, to, to, in a verse that's talking about truth, <laughs> to, 
<laughs> to fudge just, the meaning it, is pretty bad. <laughs> it just proves it just proves uh, that humanity has always needed a boogeyman, uh, yeah. and that uh, God right. for. God forbid, uh, uh, pun intended, I suppose, uh, that we realize that uh, we're the the our own worst uh, parts yeah. of our ex- of our existence, and that it's really uh, fighting our our own inner demons, which is the, which are the uh, which is the actual battle. Like, to, no, 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 we're the worst. To Just quote the, the comic strip Pogo, we met the enemy, and he is us. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, so that's uh, that's that's interesting. Um, I'm always fascinated to realize that that's what has occurred over thousands of years. Yeah. Like, we're gonna throw in a little uh, throw in a little scare. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's get. It's fun. <laughs> it's exciting. The devil. Let's spice ah! it up here. <laughs> uh, very good. Um. Uh, well, with that, I think I'll call to a close uh, this year' podcast for May sixteenth, twenty twenty one, the seventh Sunday of Easter. Uh, as mentioned before, please feel free to join us in celebration this weekend. Uh, however, uh, uh, works for you in person, online, um, uh, and feel free to uh, visit us at, at holyfamilyfishers.org to see what all is going on and what events. Uh, you might be interested in or how you might be able to plug in to the uh, the larger community. Uh, and until next week, I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And we'll talk to you then. Bye-bye. Bye.